So good morning. Open your Bibles, if you would, to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Happy Thanksgiving. In 1620, uh, the Mayflower anchored off the shore, the eastern shore of North America. The long voyage began with 102 passengers. Uh, They arrived in September. Many of them stayed on the ship during that winter. It was a brutal, brutal first winter. When they came ashore in Plymouth, Massachusetts, they were meted they were met, sorry, by friendly Native Americans and an English-speaking man named Squanto. Uh, you probably heard about him in class as you were a kid. And he aided them in how to plant corn, uh, how to tap trees for sap. Yum, yum, yum. We all like that. How to fish, what plants when they were foraging to eat, what plants not to eat. By that next year, 1621, 102 people were now down to 52 people that that had survived. And the leaders called together a harvest celebration. They did not call it Thanksgiving. That's a name we as Americans have made up. It was called a harvest celebration. And they were joined by 90 uh, Indians, the WAP, let's try to get this pronunciation right, Wapanoag, am I got any, any kids? Say it. There you go, them, all right? <laughs> I even looked up how to pronounce it. Still, no, 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 I wasn't gonna get it. But they were met, and they met together to give thanks to God. This first Thanksgiving was an acknowledgement of God and what God had provided for them. It was an acknowledgement that they were stewards of what God had entrusted them with. In America, and in church specifically today, I think we have had a change of mindset. Why we are thanking God, if we think, we, I guess we have to ask this question, why are we thanking God if, if we think everything that we have, everything that we've accomplished, is all our doing and ours to control? Why are we really thanking God if that's the case? If we express true thankfulness, it should remind us that we are stewards and not owners of our life and of our resources. And I want to talk today about true thanksgiving. True thanksgiving that comes about in our lives. Just two points today. First is this. True thanksgiving comes from life perspective. True thanksgiving comes from life perspective. Now, what do I mean by life perspective? How do you see your life? How do you see your resources? What is your perspective on that? Do you see yourself as the owner that gets to determine how you spend your life, how you spend your resources, your time, your talent, your resources? Or do you see God as the owner and you are a steward of those items? We have one of those two perspectives, all of us. The Bible clearly tells us that God who created all owns all. In Psalm 24.1, it says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Not just the resources, you and I. When Moses is speaking, the Lord says to him, for all the earth is mine. When God is speaking to Job, he says, whatsoever is under the whole heaven is mine. 
And for us, a steward is someone that sees what they have as being entrusted to them by the true owner. And that we are responsible for using those resources as the director has told us to. Therefore, if God is the owner of all, and we've just seen from the word of God that he is, then he has the authority in our lives to direct us to direct his children, to direct us as his stewards on how we're to use our lives and our resources. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, we'll get to chapter 9 and 2 Corinthians in a moment, but in 1 Corinthians 4, 2, Paul is speaking of himself and he talks about the responsibility that he has. And he talks about stewards this way. He says, moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. He's speaking there of doctrine that has been entrusted to him, but this goes about in every area of our life. A steward is a a man to be found faithful. In our mind, many of us here, by me saying, you know, we need to be stewards, we shake our heads, we agree, yes, yes, yes. The fact that God is the owner of all, we understand the stewardship principle. But do we actually live it out in a day-to-day life? That's something completely different. I attest and agree to many things in the Word of God. But as I, watch my, as I watch my life, sometimes I have to come to the conclusion, do you really believe this? Are you applying this in your life? And often I have to say no. And I have to turn my heart back to God. Ask yourself these questions. How, how did you decide what you did this week? Did any of it come from the Word of God and how the principles of the Word of God, how we're supposed to live our lives? How did you decide what you bought this week? Did God, determining uh, from the principles of the Word of God, this is how I'm supposed to live my life, how I'm supposed to spend my resources? How did you decide how you were used your house, how you used your vehicles this week? Am I going to use these for the glory of God? You say, well, I I can't be doing ministry 24-7. That's not what I'm talking about. Are you being the neighbor that God would have you be to love your neighbor as as yourself? Or are you you helping bring a child with you to Awana as your child comes? Does that even cross your mind? Oh, I don't want them in my car. They're going to make it dirty. Am I going to open my home up to those around that that need help? Am I going to provide meals for people that need meals? On and on and on it goes. What did you decide to do with your kids this week? Well, those are mine. Yes, the Lord has given them to you. He has entrusted them to you to care for them and to raise them up in the fear and admonition of him. They are are a gift of God to be used by him. And when we think of it this way, it shows us if we truly believe God is owner and we are stewards of the things entrusted to us. Think of it this way. Uh, remember as a teenager, you guys will have no problems with this, right? Uh, remember as a teenager, uh, mom and dad are going out of town. Or mom and dad are going on a date, right? And they say, okay, I want you to do this chore. Uh, here's the credit card or here's 20 bucks uh, in case of an emergency. And then they leave. How'd that, how'd that go? They leave and you're like, yoo you know, and I'm sure you did the chore right away, right? 
Did you? I didn't, without a doubt. I got into, we weren't allowed, this is like common, this tells you how old I am. You did not have a lot of Coca-Cola and Pepsi back then. You got it in 16 ounce bottles and you, you didn't even drink the whole 16 ounce bottle at one time. That's unbelievable now, right? We drink 40 ounce Slurpees of, of stuff. And I'm getting into that stuff. You know, we had a stain on our ceiling because I shook the bottle up one time and it exploded and hit the ceiling. They painted that. It came back. It bled through. It bled through. It bled through. Uh, whoever owns that house now probably still has a stain on their ceiling in that spot. But they left us in charge with that emergency money. Did you, how did you treat the house? Well, I just told you how I did. How did you treat the possessions, uh, the money? Did you treat it the same way as if mom and dad were in the house with you? Well, that's growing up, I understand. Very few of us did. But that's sort of how we're looking at this. Uh, a friend of mine put it this way. How would you view your time, your talent, your treasure if you knew Jesus was coming tomorrow? Would it be spent? Would it be used the same way? True thanksgiving in my life comes when I realize and live out stewardship. When I say, God, you've, you've given me this one life to live. I'm thankful that you would use me. Help me to spend my life not just on me. You've allowed me to be a husband and a father, and a grandfather. You've allowed me to be in this community as a member of that. You've allowed me to be in this church as a member. And I'm to be a steward of my life and how I work out in every one of those areas. Not just one of them, all of those areas. God has placed you in those different roles. Those are my roles. Yours are different. I'm a steward of how I live in each area of my life. God, you've given me talents in this area or that area, and I'm thankful for them, and I ask you to help me use them to bring honor and glory to you. You say, I don't sing, I don't teach, I don't bring. That's what I'm not. I'm not talking about any of that. You have things throughout your, throughout your week that you need to be the steward of those. We have men and women that come through this building and, and work on different things throughout the week that you will never know of. We have people that go to other folks' homes to take care of them and to, to do different things, and they're looking out. And that's just within the church. You've got a circle of people around you in your neighborhood or in your school or in your workplace that only you are there for to be the steward of the talents that God has given you. Do you see it that way, or is it just what I want to do, when I want to do it, and I'm, I'm, I'm the owner of it all. God, you've given me possessions. You've given me a house. You've given me a car. You've given me computers, and on and on it goes. And You've given me finances. I am thankful. As you pray to the Lord, I am thankful. And as I look to your word, guide me on how to use them to be a responsible steward for my home, for my community, and for my church. Do you see yourself today as a steward? Or are you the one that is determining it all? Are you living as a steward? Only you can answer that today. Maybe you're good in one area, but you're struggling in another area. Keeping all the, sp the plates spinning, you got me on that? That's hard sometimes, isn't it? I'll be doing really good here, doing good here, doing good here, and then, man, I'm struggling here. God, help me in that area. 
And, and life is not consistently like 25 here, 25 here, 25 here, 25 here. That's not how life works. This month, you're 60 here and 30 and 10, you know, and whatever it might be. And you just have to go with what God has for you. True thanksgiving comes from our life perspective. And without it, who are we really thanking? If you're the one that did it all and it all is yours, 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 who are we thanking at Thanksgiving? Ourselves? We need to thank the Lord. Number two, true thanksgiving comes from life's planting. True thanksgiving comes from life's planting. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Familiar verses for some. But this I say... Verse 6, but this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Now this is the concept, this is sort of a farming concept, if you were wanting to fill your entire front yard with grass and you put a little bit of grass in, in, in about a square meter area, you're going to get about that. If you sow that seed over the entire front yard, you're more likely that you're going to get grass over that entire area, right? That's the concept here. Now, please hear me. This, this is not a promise that if you do this, this will happen. That's not the word of God, all right? That's not what we see here. That's a transaction versus a principle. And we're going to look at the principle here. I would liken it to uh, It's a Wonderful Life with Jimmy Stewart. That's about ready to come on the, the TV 24-7 for 25 days, right? My goodness. There's one station, I think, the day of Christmas, they play it around the clock even. But in that movie, the character, George Bailey, was a man that sowed seeds of righteousness, I would call it, throughout his community, throughout his life. Now, this is an extreme case, obviously. And the end of that movie, I'm ruining it for you, it's been 80-some years, but uh, the end of that movie, he starts to see, he reaps the benefits of that. Those seeds that he has planted, those kindnesses that he has planted throughout his life, and he sees uh, these kindnesses return to him. Now, this is not a promise of prosperity, okay? Please understand that. This is not that. It's a general principle, and really, it's almost logical, right? If I plant a little bit of seed, I'm only going to get, reap a little bit from that. Versus if I plant a bountiful amount, I will gain more. If, you, if your life is spent on self, versus six, sowing sparingly, you will reap exactly that. If your life is spent on yourself, that you might have wealth, you might have success, you might even have accolades in this life, but you will reap the cheap tinsel that that is in this life. This world has nothing to offer. It is temporary at best. If your life, though, is spent as a steward, sowing bountifully to those around us, you will reap bountifully. It might not be exactly the same way, but you will reap bountifully. And my concern is, is that as, as I've thought about this and pondered this, this has been weeks I've been thinking about portions of this sermon. My concern is that we've allowed ourselves to be so ensnared by the world 
by the things of the world that we're losing the ability to sow at all. Now, let me give you an example. Consider these things. How much, how much of you, how many of you do you feel uh, that you actually get a choice of what you get to sow in during your week? Now, it depends on the stage of life. They're going to have a lot more choice than those that are still in the workforce and that those that are senior adults. Our health needs change, all of that, I understand. But how much of it do you feel you get to choose with your work schedule, your sports that you've added on, your school activities, your clubs, your teams, the desire to serve here at church? Let me just tell you, it's okay to say no. What? (laughs) Yeah, it's even okay to say no to me, all right? It is okay to say no so that you can say yes to what God would actually have you to do. And that yes might be that you're at home with your family. Or that yes might be that you're serving the Lord where God would have you to serve. It's okay to say yes to where God would have you to sow instead. For instance, if you don't have time to sit down to eat together with your family a few times a week, you need to be looking at your schedule. If you don't have time to speak with your spouse a few times a week more than high and by, you're booked too tight. That is not being the steward of your time that you need to be on the areas that are important. If you don't have time to spend with the Lord each day of your life, you're booked too tight. You cannot sow bountifully in your life to those things that have been entrusted to you because you're not even hearing from the Lord for Him to guide your life. Consider your finances. Your parents, go ahead and put that up there. Your parents had these four major categories in their life. Ah, yeah. These four categories in their life. The Lord's work, giving to the Lord what He would have you to give. Home, utilities, vehicles, That's what our senior adults said. Those are the main four categories you had in your early life. How about me? What happened now? Well, I have those same four categories. Giving to the Lord, my home, my utilities, my vehicles. But now we've got this next phase, I think, in our generation that has started to ensnare us. Now we have a cell phone. That is three to four times whatever we were paying for a home phone. And I understand. I got one in my back pocket right now. Don't leave anywhere without it. I know, it's sad. Streaming services that we've added on at $5.99 to $9.99. Apple just raised theirs from $6.99 to $9.99 a month. Little, it's not much. It's a little bit here. And then Netflix here. And then Hulu here. And on and on and on. Little bit, little bit, little bit. Our Wi-Fi that we have to have because we can't have our streaming service or our cell phones don't work or blah, 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 or blah, 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 at 50 to $70 a month. Then our habit where we have to go by Starbucks or we have to go by Dunkin' and get our $5 blah, 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 mocha, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Names this long of a drink. Every day, $5 times 30 
You see where I'm going with this? And we've, we add and we add and we add, and by the end of the month, what should be the priorities, we don't have room for. We don't have room for the things that we know we should be doing. We're not being the stewards we need to be. And we're seeing this trend across America, American churches, that the Lord is at best getting tips. We sow sparingly instead of bountifully. Now, this is an old illustration, but I'm going to use it anyway. If you look at the, uh, what we have there is you've got water, sand, gravel, and large stones. And the visual is that the large stones are our priorities, the things that are needed to be done in our life. The gravel, the smaller rocks, are, those are our responsibilities that we have during life. The sand are the things that are opportunities to go do some things that we want to do, and the water is our desires. Well, if you fill that jar with sand and water, opportunities and desires, you don't have much room for your responsibilities and your priorities. And what should have been the top thing in our life is just sort of squeezed in, if we can, on the top. Versus, if we switch that, and we put those large stones, our priorities in first, and then we put, our, we put the responsibilities in next. There's plenty of room then for some of the opportunities and some of the desires that we have. Not all of them, but enough of them to make our life what we would have it to be. The first way makes our life reactionary. We have no purpose in life. We're just going, 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 doing whatever comes at us. The second way is how a steward lives. Someone that, has, that lives their life with purpose. And with that, we become more thankful to God in what he is doing in us and through us. And I would encourage you to consider, as we go toward Thanksgiving, to consider what God is doing in your life. This is not meant as, as guilt to anyone. Because I am truly concerned if, if God were to ask many of us here today to move or to do something, something certain in their life, we wouldn't be able to move. It would take us years to get in a position to where we could actually respond to what God would have us to do. Verse 7, we see there that God wants us to give cheerfully. He wants us to do this not out of necessity, but he wants us to do this cheerfully. Not grudgingly, like it's some transaction that we're making with God, but that we do this with our heart. Now, friends... I talked with some folks this week. I was discussing this with them. and I just, It comes down to, this is a heart issue for us. There's no other way to say it. This is a heart issue for us. This is one of those areas that if we set a goal, like at the beginning of the year, those types of things, we're typically going to fail at. Why? Because we're trying to do something that we're not ready to do. We're trying to be something that we're not ready to be. Uh, Bill and Barb sent me a, a set of messages by the, their son's pastor, Matt Thistle. He was here, Brother Matt Thistle was here a couple years, uh, many years ago now. And he used a great example of this. Consider a weightlifter. All right, is Cody here today? All right, nope, all right, you, you're going to be your brother, okay? Cody, Cody's the, you know, Cody's muscle-bound muscle bound dude, all right? The first time he went into the gym... Or let's just use me, okay, as an example, because that's, that illustration is real easy to figure out. First time I went into the gym, 
What, what was my vision? I wanted to be the rock, man. Yeah, you, you, you want to be Dwayne Johnson. You want boulder shoulders, you know, that, that kind of guy. And uh, you look over there. I just watched the, I just watched the combine, the NFL combine. And, uh, and you, in the NFL combine, one of the things they do is they, ha- they, they test how many reps the, uh, the guys can bench 225. That's a 245s on both sides and the bar. All right? That's cool. And you look at it and you're like, I could at least get one of those, right? What do you think? Hey, some of you didn't laugh. I appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. If you could even get it off of the, uh, the rack, it's, you know, it's going to come down on you really fast. And that's the life that many, th- many of us are trying to do. We want to see what other folks are doing that have been doing this for years and years, and we want to do like them. Well, you're going to fail at that, without a doubt. The successful lifter starts at a reasonable weight, and they build up from that. They don't care what they look like. They don't care what other people are doing. They just want to be the person that's there. So year after year, month after month, they're building and building and building to what they want to be. They keep at it. It's slow and steady, always growing, always improving, because they are training and not trying. And I believe many of us are not training. We try and we fail. We need to start and we need to train where we are, because this is a matter of discipline, and stewards are people of discipline. Steady stewardship in all areas of our life. Life's planting is not a bunch of big highs and lows, all right? It is steady, consistent sowing, and then steady and consistent reaping in our life. You say, when it comes to your finances, I'm stuck in bills over my head. Everyone owns my schedule. Anyone? You don't have to raise your hand. Everyone owns my schedule. I feel that way sometimes. Everyone looking at me today sometimes says, I need you right now. And you do. And I understand that. That's just, I know that that's part of the role. And you have that in your life wherever you are as well. Start where you are. Make adjustments. And make the adjustments that you can today. The guy at the gym that shows up every week is the one that starts to see gains. And determined to be disciplined in your giving in life. You're giving to the Lord. Start where you can. Not where you want to be. Start where you can. Determined to be disciplined with your time. So many of us waste so many hours of our life. Be disciplined. Start where you can. Verse 11 tells us they're being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us, thanksgiving to God. When we are sowing bountifully, it causes others to thank God as well because they're helping to reap from that. Friendship Baptist Church has some 48 missionaries and ministries around the world that thank God that we are sowing bountifully. There are families across this city that thank God that we are sowing bountifully into their children. And Awana, and Upward, and VBS, and our youth group. 
There are people with addictions and experiencing grief and, and divorce that thank God for sowing bountifully to help them in their situation. There are senior adults in this room. There are uh, empty nesters, young married, single adults, and college-age students, people that thank God that this church is sowing bountifully. Friend, you are the church, each and every one of us. Are you part of this? Are you part of the sowing of this bountifully? I hope you can see that as you individually are faithful in stewarding, how you can join then in true thanksgiving with God. If you're not really part of what's going on here at Friendship Baptist Church, you look at it and it's like, wow, they're doing a good job, great, you know, that, that kind of thing. But if you're involved, if you're stewarding your time and your resources, and you're involved when the Lord works and we see folks saved and we see missionaries being sent out, there is true thankfulness. God, thank you for working through me. Thank you for working through us as a church. It's quite a difference, is it not? The difference in perspective in our life. I'm thankful for what God is doing in the life of Friendship Baptist Church. And that means in you. As I've watched, I see a willingness to grow. I see a willingness to share Christ. I see a willingness to disciple other people. But may you see yourself as a steward. And start where you are today, moving forward to sow bountifully. I don't care if you're 10 years old in here today or if you're 100. Be part of the church, sowing bountifully. Because true thankfulness comes first by realizing what God has done for us. The first thing is knowing that God has sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save us. Amen? We start there. A thankfulness to know that in my sin, I won't have to die in my sin and go to an eternity away from him in a place called hell. But God commendeth or gave his love toward us while we were yet sinners. While I was yet sinner, Christ died for me. And he died for you. And that's where the thankfulness starts when we turn our lives to God and we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. And there's some here today that have not done that. And I want to encourage you, when we come to our time of invitation, just speak to one of our counselors. Let them show you how you can come to know Christ today. Then as Christians, we show true thankfulness, realizing that God has given us our time, He's given us our talent, and He's given us our treasures to be used. He is steering our life. And we are letting him do that. And we get to sow. And we get to invest in those around us. We get to reap the joys, the benefits of some of that as well. Are you sowing bountifully today? Are you sowing where God would have you to sow? Because yours is different than mine. And I pray that you're allowing the Lord to do that. Let's pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here today and we pray that we can come to you with true thanksgiving for all that you've done, that you've allowed us to have our mind set to where we know that you are the, the owner of our lives. You will guide us to be the husband, the, the wife, the, the, the child, the, the parent that you would have us to be. You would have us to be the steward in the church and the steward in our community as well. Let us not have the mindset of me, 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 dear Heavenly Father. Help us to know this. Dear Heavenly Father, if there are any that don't know Christ, please draw them to you today. Help them to see their need for salvation. In Jesus' name, amen.
if you would stand with me for our time of invitation. Our, our altar is open and we would love to speak to you and share with you out of the Word of God. If you want to come and just thank the Lord or be there in your pew and do the same, I encourage you. But allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about how you are as a steward today.